Hello there, entrepreneurs, dream makers, and small business titans. I'm Chip Schweiger, and welcome to this episode of the Entrepreneur's Accountant Podcast, where you get tips and tricks that can help you level up your company to build value and create a business that goes from seven figures to eight and from eight figures to nine. I'm a CPA in public practice who, for the last 27 years, has worked with some of the largest companies in America. But my real passion is in helping entrepreneurs and business owners like you because you truly are the crown jewel of our economy. And today, we've got an interesting episode for you. But before I move on, be sure to sign up for email updates at my new website, www.entrepreneursaccountant.com to get exclusive content and tips that allow you to grow your business while enjoying the lifestyle you're entitled to. That's www.entrepreneursaccountant.com. So let's get to this week's show. So this week, let's talk about a perennial question that every entrepreneur, founder, and small business owner must wrestle with. And if you've been in business long enough, you're going to have to deal with this question. It's what keeps owners up at night, especially if they have a view towards selling their company someday. It's even what folks get tangled up when they're pitching on my favorite TV show, The Shark Tank. And what is this age-old teeth-gnashing question? Well, quite simply, the question is, is it better to own a big chunk of a small business or a minority stake in a big company? And it's so important because it's one of the fundamental questions for all business owners. Now, owning a relatively small slice of a big pie has certainly worked out well for both Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, who recently traded places on the list of the world's richest person. Musk still owns around 20% of Tesla, and Bezos, I think, controls about 10% of Amazon. So they have both chosen to sell most of their companies to fund their future ambitions. And the success of their bets has been amplified lately given the stock market's run over the last 12 months. However, selling part of your business comes with some significant downsides. So let's take a look at the four reasons I think it's better to own a big slice of a smaller pie. And this comes from years of working with entrepreneurs and business owners and in discussions with uh, a gentleman named John Warlow, who I'm kind of a disciple of his, and he wrote a couple of books on selling your business for more value. Now, the first one of these is relatively straightforward, and it's basically called keeping operational freedom. Now, the most obvious benefit of keeping all of your shares is that you get to decide how to run your company. Nobody can tell you what products to launch, nobody can tell you what markets to enter, and nobody can tell you how to run your business. Quite simply, you are the king or queen of your kingdom and can decide all the rules. The second reason why you want to own a bigger chunk of a smaller company is a little bit more nuanced, but it's still something that makes sense in your gut if you think about it. And that's that there's no pressure to exit. So Tim Ferriss, who is the author of five books, including the wildly popular New York Times bestseller, The 4-Hour Workweek, recently urged his Twitter followers to consider their endgame before investing in a business. And he said, quote, before you get into an investment position, know how and when you're going to get out of it, or at least how and when you will reevaluate that investment. Getting in, as Tim says, is the easy part. So once you accept outside investment in your business, you must try to earn your shareholders a return. That's just how it works. And for your investors to realize a gain or return, you must sell part of your company or all of your company. 
and needing to sell so that your investors can realize a return means you give up the option to run your business forever and you need to start thinking right away about how your shareholders will get liquid. Now, some of these folks will pressure you while others may wait patiently, but the exit clock starts ticking once you take outside investments. And if you've ever been in discussions, they can get really sticky. So the third reason is that uh, nobody is in line ahead of you and you want to make sure that this uh, that this happens. This is actually super important. So sophisticated outside investors often demand preferred returns when they invest in your company, which can undermine your take from an eventual sale. So think about uh, someone named Anashad. She started a company called Garden Bar to offer fast casual salads to Portland hipsters. Her first store was a success, but the restaurant industry's thin margins inspired her to grow to get some economies of scale, which makes a lot of sense. And I've seen this actually a ton of times. She raised two rounds of outside capital, including one from a group of convertible note holders. And this is important. Shad skimmed the term sheet, uh, but trusted her investors. So she didn't really think much about the clause that gave her note holders two and a half times their money if she sold the business before the notes expired. Shad continued to grow to nine locations with the 10th one on the way when she attracted an exciting offer from Evergreens, another company uh, that is a Seattle fast-growing salad restaurant. Things were actually going according to plan right up until Shad's lawyer pointed out the investor clause, which had the potential to wash out all of her equity. Shad agreed to give the proceeds of her acquisition to the investors, and she negotiated an earnout for herself, which she had hoped actually would allow her the possibility of a return on her years of work and years of sacrifice. And then COVID-19 hit. Portland restaurants were closed. The economy dropped precipitously and Shad ended up with nothing. And it's a horrifying story if you think about it. But it's lesson number three about why it's better to own a big chunk of a small company. Lesson number four is something called to avoid something called the $80 million mistake. So the most obvious reason to hang on to your shares is to avoid dilution, right? But when a company is not worth very much in the early days, it can certainly be tempting to give away equity to attract key team members, and I get it. But it could end up costing you dearly if you're too generous. Let's take a look at a guy named uh, Greg Alexander. So Greg started a company called Sales Benchmark Index, or SBI. Greg started the sales consultancy at his kitchen table, a lot like a lot of entrepreneurs, and early into his tenure, he gave two employees a quarter share each in his business. Fast forward 10 years later, uh, Greg ended up selling SBI for $162 million, prompting him to refer to easily giving up half of his company to these two employees as the $80 million mistake. Now, the sharks on Shark Tank know how this can happen, and that's a lot of the reason why they're so uh, set on talking about the amount of percentage that they get in their companies. And it makes sense. They're, they're trying to get paid for the value that they bring. But it's important for all of us and all of you to think about not giving up too much of your company early on. And that includes, oh, by the way, bootstrapping your company as long as you can before you get investors and even before you start to take on debt. Now, given the runaway success of some high-profile stocks of late, I understand it can be tempting to consider raising money to fund your growth. 
but hopefully today's discussion illustrated at least a couple of reasons, four in particular, why it's still several benefits to you owning a bigger slice of a smaller pie. So that's all for this week, and I'm truly honored that you've chosen to invest your time with me. If you've enjoyed today's discussion, please consider subscribing to this podcast so that you'll never miss a future episode. It's easy to do by just clicking on that subscribe button or that follow button. And with that, we'll see you down the road. Thank you.